let's go to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 27. And we'll go through here and find, I pray, some gems for tonight. Some instruction. Some examples to follow. <laughs> I've been looking at the signs here at the Lord's death. And if they hadn't had enough signs during his life with all the miracles and things that the Lord did, then he gave them some more <laughs> at this time. Can you remember what they were? 27 and verse 45, the Gospel of Matthew. There was darkness. The sun was affected. And then in verse 51, what happened? The veil was rent from top to bottom. The sanctuary, as it were, was desecrated, was done with. As the old priest Caphias rent his garment, that was the, the end of the priesthood, new priesthood coming. And we can now enter into the Holy of Holies, the rent veil. So the signs, the sun, the sanctuary, the stones in verse 51. <clears throat> the earth did quake and the rocks rent. <clears throat> Another sign here. And as these things were happening, certain ones were looking, at, looking on. And then we see in verse 52 and 53, another sign to these unbelieving people. It's like it's just building, building, building. Aren't you going to believe? <laughs> the sepulchres, graves were opened. And uh, many of the saints, not all, but many of the saints, the Old Testament saints came forth at that time. And walked around the streets of Jerusalem. They weren't seeing ghosts. They were seeing people. Then the, in verse 54, the centenarians. Centenarians. I've got it spelled two different ways here. One was Google and one was from a book. <laughs> so, I think the book might be right. Um, 24 verse 27.54. And the reaction of these centurions at this time, they feared greatly. And last time, remember, these men were not chickens. These men were well trained. These were fearless warriors. These were people who would run into battle with swords outstretched and, and spears. <laughs> they just were very courageous, but they feared shuddering soldiers, we might call them here. They saw the rabble scoff. They saw the rabbis deride the Lord. They saw the robbers make fun of him. But these Romans believed. <laughs> they had seen some things that we've seen, the dignity and grace of the Lord dying, making final arrangements for his mothers, caring for others when he was in such trouble, talking to his father, crying out as he thirsted. The nature of the darkness that came, this was unusual. These men feared. And surely this was, or truly this was, the Son of God. Verse 54, the last part of that. And then we come to the sympathizers. The sympathizers, 55 to 56. Uh, <clears throat> Mary Magdalene. Much loved because she was forgiven much. Mary, the wife of Clophus, the mother of Joseph and James, the less. And... Uh, and then there was Salome, the mother of Zebedee's children, James and John. And so two of these were the Lord's aunts, 
at the cross there, accompanied by a woman out of whom the Lord had cast seven demons. And these were close. But when Mary, the mother of Jesus, was taken by John away, these women moved back, maybe for their own safety, further from the cross. So that we have those that were sympathizers with the Lord Jesus, those that loved him, had ministered to him physically, had been ministered to him by spiritually. And <clears throat> these different signs given. I was just thinking this afternoon as I was reviewing those, the sun and moon shall be darkened. The moon, the sun will be darkened and the moon shall not give its light. The sanctuary, the abomination of desolations will be set up in the sanctuary in the tribulation temple. The stones and the rocks hide us from him that sitteth on the throne. <laughs> Every mountain shall be laid flat from the, tri from the tribulation earthquakes. If you want to go and see a mountain and go up high, do it now. <laughs> Be too late then. <clears throat> the sepulchres. <laughs> There'll be millions opened, won't there? <laughs> Come forth. You see, there were signs that he's first coming. There's all these things that are going to happen in the near future too. Millions come forth. And um, I can't help but believe that the Lord will take the, the innocence as well which would be a massive shock to the world if that happened. Children missing all over the place. Now, the Lord knows what he's going to do there. I'm not going to argue about that. And then there's the soldiers. Well, the soldiers all the way through the book of Revelation. Wicked soldiers. And there's good soldiers. You and I coming with the Lord Jesus, following him in garments of white in the book of Revelation 19. And so... You know, you can run through those and think, yep, it'll happen again. But giving to the world an opportunity to know who's on the throne. Now we come to he is assigned to a sepulchre. This is going back to the main outline, the prosecution of the Lord. We've seen he was arrested. He is a, in chapter 26, 47, he is accused. In verse 57, he is assaulted. Verse 60, 67 to 27:26, he is assassinated and that's what we've been looking at have been looking at now he is assigned to the sepulchre he who is the lord of glory he who created all things out of nothing he who made man in his image is now killed by his creatures he humbled himself and became a man and submitted to the death of the cross he'd done many wonderful deeds and now he's being laid He's died and he's being laid in a tomb. It looks all like it's all a failure. The disciples were so distraught. We know they were distraught because like the two fellows on the road to Emmaus, was it? And, and the Lord was talking to them and said, haven't you heard what's happened in Jerusalem? He who we thought was going to be the come the king, they've killed. That's what the attitude was of the people of the day. And they were very distraught at that. Um, <clears throat> he died the king's gone all all those who who've been followers of him and and have been they're marked men now they'll be they'll be hunted down too by the religious leaders they'll be persecuted <laughs> but some were emboldened weren't they to preach the truth um, <clears throat> the man's the rich man's request is seen in verse 57 
of chapter 27. When the even was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. He went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. When Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in clean linen cloth. He laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out of the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulchre and departed. And there were Mary, Magdalene, and the other Mary sitting over against the sepulchre. And so this is where we're looking tonight. The rich man's request in verse 57 and 58. It was a Joseph that was married to Mary who protected the Lord in his infancy and raised him. Paid for his raising. A poor carpenter. There's a Joseph here at the end of the Lord's life that was committing to his burial and helping in that. So both were just men. The Bible describes them as that. The first one, Joseph, the Lord's father down here on earth, Matthew 1.19, described as a just man. In Luke 23.50, you have (coughs) Joseph of Arimathea that we have mentioned here, (coughs) a rich counsellor, but both just men. His request is a bold one. You think of everything that's happened. You think of going to the government of the day, being noted by the religious leaders of the day as well. You see, he's he's not just a nobody, this Joseph here. He, along with Nicodemus, was a member of the Sanhedrin, the 70 people that run run Israel (laughs) under Roman occupation. They were the authorities. And here, these two men, were bold in making this request and doing what they'd done in being marked as followers of Jesus. He laid his reputation on the line. He he laid his job on the line. He laid his position on the line. He made his confession publicly doing what he did here. Let's turn back to Matthew chapter 10 and verse 32 and read what the Lord says about those that publicly confess him as Lord. In chapter 10 and verse 32, we read, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father who is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father who is in heaven. And so here we have the blessing pronounced upon those that own him, own the Lord. Think that I am not come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am, I am come to set a man at variance against his father and a daughter against his mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. And truly the household of <clears throat> this Joseph of Arimathea was his religious um, <clears throat> friends and his home. I wonder what his wife thought when he said what he was going to do. He that loveth father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. You see, if we're willing to say, well, I'm going to side with my family rather than with the Lord. I'm just going to go along with what they say. I'm going to deny the Lord. I'm not going to speak about him. Hey, it's Christmas time. We can speak about the Lord. 
Let's own him. Let's own him as this man who was going to, who's willing to pay a high price. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine just three days later when Jesus rose from the dead and these two men, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, was yes, <laughs> yes, this is right, this is true, he is the one. And, uh, well, it, it's, it's amazing they're not talked about more in the New Testament because they were influential men. And they stood up and owned the Lord. He that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. <clears throat> he that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. That's so true. And so many people have found that out. <clears throat> <clears throat> you know, the, the, the preacher has fears too. Uh, like, for instance, there was a funeral this week in... It was a harder one because of the people that were here. I knew, I know people were opposed to what I was saying. And you wonder, and, and it has happened where they just stand up and say so loudly in a meeting like that. But they didn't. <laughs> and, you, and you think, yep, should I say it or shouldn't I? What should I do? Say it. <laughs> what would you do? <laughs> say it hopefully we would stand up and own the Lord on times like that and you, you okay you, you said you'll say it so this you know you might have a family meeting a gathering are you going to say it speak the truth in love say it be right but be loving in, in, in doing so and these men were just that they were righteous men godly men so his request is bold his respect for the body is seen also in verse 58 back in Matthew 27 <clears throat> respect for the body of the Lord he, he went to Pilate begged the body of Jesus and Pilate commanded the body to be delivered that's, that's, that shows that he, he did have authority Pilate knew who he was he wasn't just handing it out to anybody the body of the Lord um, Pilate knew all the commotion that had been around about the death of the Lord Jesus and so to hand the body of the Lord over that day would have been something he, he did uh, with consideration you might say he disconnected Joseph of Aramea, Arimathea from the Sanhedrin in regard to the Lord he dedicated his new tomb for the master maybe Maybe he knew enough Bible and knew Isaiah 53 and verse 9 that says he would, which prophesied that Christ would be buried with the rich. And I'm going to be the rich one that does it. Because right till that time, it hadn't happened and it had to be fulfilled. He may have known that verse. You know, we as Christians, can, the Holy Spirit can, can lead us in that direction. You know, a light comes on. Hmm. <laughs> And it came on and he said, well, he's going to be rare with the rich. There's no one else. I'm rich. I'll, I'll do that. Um, <clears throat> he was he's crucified with the, the, the sinners there in, well, one and the other one, or both were sinning. And then one repented. Um, <clears throat> Christ came first. No second-hand grave for the Messiah. No second-hand things would do for the Lord. How often do we do exactly that? We give him the 
What? Leftovers. Listen to some of the verses. Matthew 6.33 Seek ye, what? First the kingdom of God. I'll give a few more quotes, but here's one from A.W. Tozer that said, As God is exalted to the right place in our lives, a thousand problems are solved at once. And I'd consider Tozer one to take notice of. When he's given the right place in our life, a thousand problems are solved at once. There might be some other enemies you've got from it, but all the things in our relationship with God. Let him be exalted in our life. Revelation 2.4 speaks of the church at Ephesus. You have abandoned, you have left your first love. An indictment against that church that once was so loving toward the Lord they were bold. 1 Corinthians 10.31 quoted it this morning. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. God has first place. Colossians 1 and verse 16. Love the Lord God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your strength. Galatians. Sorry, that, that, that one was in Mark. Colossians was all things have been created by him and for him. Galatians 2.20. It is no longer I that liveth, but Christ who liveth in me. First place. If you love the Father... If you love father, sorry, or mother more than me, you're not worthy of me. We've read that already. Set your affections on things above. The Lord is to have first place. And Joseph of Arimathea had respect for the Lord's body and let him have first place in his life no matter what the cost. <clears throat> I've written at the end of this, these thoughts, what if the Lord adjusted what we get from him with what we give to him? Oh, Lord, don't do that, please. <laughs> what if he did, but what if he did? Are we giving him, giving him first place, first priority? He comes first and our needs and our wants and desires come second. Consider it. What do we give the Lord? He should have first place as this man gave him first place. And then we see his reverence is befitting in verse 59 and when Joseph had taken the body he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth <clears throat> the last loving gift I've called this true giving he gave when the one he gave to the tomb and the linen and the other things could not give back to him now he didn't know how much he could get back and we do get many things from the Lord but he gave when it couldn't be given. This man, this man had died. He was to be entombed. So as a last loving gift, the clean linen. <clears throat> now, clean linen. Where do you find that in the Bible? Clean linen. White linen. <clears throat> high priest. The high priest in the Old Testament. The undergarment. That everything else was the foundational garment to cover them for service. The high priest was to wear that linen. And it's in Exodus 28. <clears throat> you can read there many times, verse 5, 6, 8, and 15. There. He, they wore the clean, fine, twined linen, it was called. 
Who else will wear fine twined linen one day? Believers will do exactly that in the book of Revelation, chapter 19, verses 8 and 9. <clears throat> Revelation 19, 8 to 9. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And he said unto me, Right blessed are they who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of the Lord. <clears throat> the saints, the believers, the believer priests, and the armies of heaven will wear fine twined linen. And now <clears throat> thinking back to the priest, the high priest, who is the Lord Jesus Christ? He is our high priest. And the book of Hebrews speaks much about the Lord Jesus being the priest. And he was wrapped in this for being laid in the tomb. Chapter 5, verse 5. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And he said also in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. <clears throat> that is he's mentioned there as being the high priest verse 10 of the same chapter called of god a high priest after the order of melchizedek again in chapter 7 and verse 3 and other times in between without father without mother without descent having neither beginning of days nor end of life but made like unto the son of god abideth the priest continually <clears throat> and other verses right into chapter 10 and verse 10 to 14 the lord jesus our high priest. He is entombed with this clean linen. And it's also a clean location. A new tomb as it's said there. <clears throat> in verse 60. New is kainos in the Greek. Freshly made. Unused and undefiled. I don't know if you've tried to chisel rock. Now the sandstone over there is a bit softer than the rock we have around here. But still he, this had to be hewn out of the rock. And it was a clean one, brand new. Never had another body defiled this, this tomb, this location. So a clean location, the clean linen and uh, the caring love. And it's not mentioned so much here, but it's see in John's Gospel, chapter 19 and verse 39. John 19, 39, where we read... Well, verse 38, and, the, and after this, Joseph of Arimathea being a disciple of Jesus, and notice, but secretly for fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that <laughs> he still did it, didn't he? <laughs> he might have done it secretly, but now he besought to take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him leave. <coughs> he came there and for, therefore and took the body of Jesus. And there came also Nicodemus who at the first came to Jesus by night and brought a mixture of myrrh and alice, about a hundred pound weight. Then took they the body of Jesus and wound it in linen clothes with the spices as the manner of the Jews is to bury. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden and in the garden a new sepulcher. That's why when you go to, go to Israel, don't go to the Catholic tomb because it's too far away. It's close. The place of the skull, just a few tens of metres away, the tomb. It had to, be, had to be that close. These two men 
took the body and of the Lord and wrapped it in the linen with the, the spices that they brought and put it in the garden tomb. A new sepulchre in which never man had yet laid. There laid they Jesus. Therefore, because of the Jews' preparation day, for the sepulchre was nigh at hand. And so the caring love of these two religious leaders is seen here. Joseph, Joseph's colleagues, Nic, colleague Nicodemus brought a large amount of embalming materials for the embalmment and allowed and needed for those days is what they did. Now, <clears throat> they, they had to do it quickly because time was of the essence. The preparation of the the preparation day was happening, as said in 42, there in John's Gospel 19. And so there's a caring love and looking over and after the body of the Lord. Huh. The shroud of Cherun. What, what do they say? That don't, don't worry about that <laughs> hoax, money-making business. That thing that's getting around. Uh, you like, buy a piece of the cross. How many splinters can you get out of one cross? What is it all about? Money making business. And all this stuff that they go on with. Getting people to worship idols. Idolizing stuff. Look to the Lord and care about him. And then the careful lock is seen in chapter 27 and verse 60. Back in Matthew 27. And they rolled a great stone on the door of the sepulchre and departed. <laughs> a great stone sealed the rock of ages in the tomb. Who came forth three days later to become... Matthew 16 verse 18. The foundational rock of the church. Upon this rock I will build my church. Sealed in with a rock, but came out as the rock to be the foundation of the church. First Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through to 8. Let's turn to this one. <clears throat> he also is the rock that the builders disallowed, but is made the head of the corner, according to these verses. First Peter 2, verses 4 to 8. To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, you also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. <coughs> he wants us to do that. For what he has done for us, we owe that to him. Give him first place. Wherefore also it's contained in the scriptures, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, Precious, and he that believeth on him is not confounded. Unto you, therefore, who believe, he the Lord is precious, but unto them who are disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made what? The head of the corner, <clears throat> a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, even to them that stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. Ah, the rock of ages, sealed in with a rock, but came out as the rock. <clears throat> the stone that in Daniel was cut out without hands, as it said, and was cast at the empires of the world, the image of the man, remember, representing all the different, the, the Babylonian, well, not all of them, the Assyrian and um, 
the, the Egyptian empires before the Babylonian, the head and the Medes and the Persians and the Greeks and the Romans. And this statue pictured all the empires of the world and this stone, the rock, was cast at that image and smote it and it became like the, the chaff of the summer thrashing floor and was blown away. So will all the kingdoms of this world be blown away by he that was sealed in a, in a, a stone tomb but, and sealed in by this stone, but he came out as the rock that destroys all the kingdoms of the world. I like reading that portion of scripture in Daniel 2. It gives the, the, the story of the, the vision and then it gives the interpretation of the vision. And then in Psalm 40 and verse 1, can anyone remember what's contained in Psalm 40 and verse 1? He took me out of an horrible pit and set my feet upon the rock. The rock. <clears throat> Let me give it. I waited patiently for the Lord. He climbed unto me and I heard my, he heard my cry. He brought me out of a horrible pit. That's right. Out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my going. Since you got saved, you should be established. You should be finding direction and purpose in life because you're on the rock of ages, the rock of our salvation. Um, <clears throat> Isaiah 51 and verse 1 tells us to look, it, it tells Israel to look at the rock from which you have been hewn. You've been cut out. <laughs> You've been cut from the Lord. You're, a, you're one of his children. Look to the rock from which you've been hewn. Isaiah 51 and verse 1. And one more that is mentioned in Matthew chapter 21 and verse 44. Matthew 21, 44. <clears throat> this is very stern and serious. And whosoever shall fall on the stone that came out of this tomb... <laughs> that was sealed by a, a great stone, the Lord Jesus, the rock of ages, whomsoever fall on the shall fall on the stone shall be broken. A broken and a contrite spirit God will not despise. But on whomsoever it shall fall, it will do what? Grind him to powder. You don't want that to happen, but it's going to happen to multitudes of people who've rejected the rock of ages. <clears throat> We see there the women who sat by in verse 61, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, sitting over against the sepulchre. These two Marys found it hard to leave, hard to believe what had happened this day, that the one they expected to become king was buried in this tomb now. They were watching on, on at this occasion, last to leave, we might say, the last lingering look. Death seems so final, doesn't it? When we're at the graveside on Thursday, Colleen said, this is the hard part, to see Dad go down in the ground. I said, but you know when we know that's not the end. And you can just find courage in that. And it seems so final to these ladies this day. If these two had just gone to visit Mary of Bethany, Lazarus's sister who didn't come to the crucifixion and didn't turn up for this occasion she would have given them some comfort and confidence that this was not the end for she knew remember what she did she anointed 
the Lord for his burial. She knew that the Lord was going to rise again. She took comfort and strength in that and that he would be seen again. And why? Because she understood and listened to the word of the Lord. You can follow the scriptures through on that. And what a lesson for our lives. <clears throat> she gave while she could and while the Lord was living. Do it while you're living. She had no need to wait and watch and weep at the tomb. She just waited at home for the rest of the story to unfold and the resurrection to happen. I'm sure she prayed. I'm so sure she was worshipping the Lord. And then that faith was rewarded. So there we have there the sepulchre and the things about it. We can typify some things and we have tonight in looking at that. And we'll look the next time, Lord willing, at the seal that was broken <laughs> and the Lord came forth. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for these people that were involved. Thank you for the picture of these giving everything laying their reputation, their life, their jobs, everything on the line. May, Lord, we be bold enough to confess you before men. And may we be believing enough in your word that <clears throat> when troubles and problems and even death comes, we have confidence. We can be at rest in our hearts about what all is going wrong because it all will be turned to the glory of God one day. And for the benefit and blessing of the believer <clears throat> lord as we remember what you did on this occasion tonight <clears throat> may our hearts be blessed strengthened and encouraged and, and look forward to you coming to receive us unto yourself in the near future we ask and pray in jesus name amen <clears throat>